Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. Well, my guest today has a very impressive resume. She is a two-time All-American track and field star. She's a model. She's a breakaway roper. And she's also married to three-time NFR qualifier Brenton Hall. Today, we have Shayla, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I feel like everything I just listed, we've got a lot that we need to talk about. I want to start by talking about your collegiate athletic career because that's pretty amazing. Can you tell us all about that? Thank you. So I went to college for four years at the University of Wyoming on a track and field scholarship. My freshman year, I qualified to nationals on a relay team with four or three other seniors. So that was like a really big deal for being a freshman. They only take the top, trying to think, 48 teams in the nation to nationals. It was awesome. And then that kind of set the bar pretty high for the rest of my college career. The next two years went okay. And then my senior year, I qualified for indoor nationals where they take the top 16 in the nation in the long jump. So that was pretty awesome. And I finished my year pretty strong, which I had hoped for. And then they offered me another year because of COVID. It took away my sophomore year. Mm. And I was at that point, I'd met Brenton and we were engaged. And I was like, I can't do this another year of long distance. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You just mentioned that you guys met while you were still there. How did you guys meet? Mm -hmm. Honestly, just mutual friends and rodeo. I grew up rodeoing and I guess he says that he always knew of me and I feel terrible because (laughs) I didn't really know who he was. But yeah, you know, rodeo is a small world. And even though he's in Oklahoma and I was in Wyoming, somehow we connected and then our first date actually was in baker montana i guess him spending part of the summers and stuff in in your neck of the woods probably helped right oh yeah it really helped because after baker the next time we saw each other was rapid city and then because that's like a week or two after that and then i don't know he was so sweet because then he drove down to laramie where i went to college and spent a couple days with me there Mm -hmm. it was helpful he drove through where i was staying quite a bit yeah But how did you manage that? You're going to college. So not only do you have like your classes and school, but you also obviously competing at the level you were in track and field, that takes up a huge Mm -hmm. amount of time. He's rodeoing professionally at the times, traveling everywhere. How did you guys manage having a relationship that was serious enough that you guys got engaged when you were still in college? Yeah, you know, if I said it was easy, that'd be lying. It was pretty hard, but you know, we're both pretty easygoing. That helped a lot. And we didn't expect too much of each other. Like he was always like, you know, you stay where you're at and accomplish your goals. I don't want you to sacrifice anything. 
because you still have your own goals to accomplish. And I said the same to him. So whenever it worked for us to fly out and go see each other, we did it. And it was all right because he flew out of Dallas and I flew out of Denver. And so it was Dallas to Denver. It's not too bad. And what really helped was after Thanksgiving in 2020, school went all online and my coach was like, you guys either have the choice to, you know, stay home after Thanksgiving and I'll send you workouts or you can come back. And I was like, what an opportunity. I'm going to go to Texas right? and I'm going to stay with Brent and we're going to get to know each other. And so it was awesome because I went down and spent Thanksgiving with him and then I stayed with him for, I think, three weeks probably. And his mom came down to Texas and then the NFR was in Texas that year. So I got to go to all 10 days with him. And that really helped our relationship, honestly, because we actually got to get to know each other more than just like phone calls every 30 minutes. Right. I mean, that's probably the first real chunk of time you guys got to spend with each other consistently. And you learned about somebody so much more then. So were you flying to rodeos and stuff after that while you were still in college trying to make the long distance thing work? Or was he coming up when he had time off? The fall was mostly him coming up because the rodeos aren't as thick at that point. And the practices for us were pretty heavy preseason. We practiced five days a week and then we lived four days a week. I was just pretty busy. And then like in January, it was pretty cool because he came up for Denver for the rodeo and I had a college meet in Boulder. And so my coaches, bless their hearts, they were so sweet to me. They were like, (laughs) you know what? That's totally fine. You can drive your own car down there. You can stay down there and then just meet us at the meet the next morning. So they really worked with me. And so like during Denver, we got to see each other and it was cool because he was doing his rodeo deal and I was doing my track meet and they blended together. And then... I flew to the rodeos a couple times, but a lot of the time I would just fly down and meet him in Texas where he was staying and stuff. And then I would just fly back because the rodeos, it's hard to really spend quality time. You know, when he's trying to rodeo and get his head right and I'm out there just following him around like a puppy dog. I think that's the thing is like rodeo relationships, no matter what stage you're at, you have to get creative and find a way to make a relationship work that's going to work for you guys. And really, I don't think that nobody that I've talked to or that know, there's no two people that do it the same. You know, everybody's just doing whatever works for them. Oh, yeah. 100%. So was there, I mean, if you're competing in college sports at that level, do you feel like it gave you an advantage in understanding like the competitive side of what he was trying to do. It's not like he just had a job somewhere, you know. So were you able to then relate to him on that level as an athlete? Yeah, I definitely think I was. In track, I feel like track is probably the one sport that's the closest to rodeo. You're on a team, but at the same time, it's you're on your own pretty much. You're not passing the ball to somebody else to make a point. You're totally responsible for your own outcome. And... You know, the meets are a lot like rodeos, too. There's a bunch of different events. And you you go there, you can watch everything, but mainly you just go for your own event and then you leave. And so there was a lot of similarities. And I feel like me doing track and him rodeoing at the same time at the levels we were, they really did complement each other. And it helped us to understand each other and what we were both going through. Yeah, I guess I never considered that. But you explaining it there is so many parallels and that there's so few sports out there where they're individual in the way that rodeo is. 
And I think that's one of the things that makes rodeo really difficult is because there's a lot of pressure. You can't have, you know, a bad day and your team pulls Mm -hmm. you through. It's the same thing. There's so much individual pressure on your own performance because the outcome is solely based on that. No, exactly. So you guys are, I think, coming up on your first year anniversary. You guys are very much still Mm -hmm. newlyweds. What has the first year been like for you? I think there's this perception that the first year you're in the honeymoon phase. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that was not the case for me at all. Um, Trying to navigate rodeo life and both of you having pursuits because I know that you also break away rope. So Mm -hmm. you guys are both trying to rodeo. So how has it been for you? It's been good. You know, the beginning of it, because we got married September 30th. So it was like pretty much a honeymoon phase up until he started leaving for, I guess, like right around Denver. Because we were getting to spend a lot of time together. We were getting our place kind of the way we want it. We were getting to rope together a lot. And then when he started leaving for rodeo, they hit me. Like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to stay in the house by myself. It hasn't been too bad, you know. We've been pretty blessed. For it being our first year rodeo, I haven't been going as hard as a lot of the girls out there trying to make the finals. I just, I wasn't sure, you know, if I was 100% ready to just put all my eggs in one basket and go to every single rodeo I could get entered in and then, you know, try to make the finals. I've never been able to rope and commit my time to roping like I have since him and I got married. I've always had other sports. I've always had, you know, other things as my priority. And although I've loved roping more than anything my whole life, it just made sense in college. I just felt like God gave me the gift to have that athletic ability. I didn't really want to waste it. Yeah. You know, so it has been honestly a pretty good situation for first year of marriage because I haven't been rodeoing that hard. So I've been able to go with him. And if the entering works out, great. I just enter for when he entered or pretty much I'm not going. So I enter for that or out. And if it doesn't work, it didn't hurt my feelings too bad because, you know, my goal, which I thought was a pretty hefty goal, was to be in the top 30 just to try to get into those big winter rodeos. Those, I think they really do give you an edge Yeah, when the summer comes. You know, it's been pretty good, except for just the rodeo stuff. He still has to leave you know, leave me once in a while. We were in Canada. We were up there for the whole month of June. And I was staying up there and he was flying back for some of the big rodeos that he couldn't miss. And every time he'd leave, I'm like, you have to leave again? It's like, yeah, I got to go to the U.S. I'm like, okay. You know, like that's tough. But honestly, it's been pretty good. We've got to spend a lot more time together than I had initially thought we would. Yeah. So you grew up in Wyoming And you guys now live in Texas. So you moved down there, I think, when you got married. What was Mm -hmm. that transition like for you? It was a pretty big transition. Being away from my family is pretty hard. I have four sisters, and like we're a pretty tight-knit family. We're all pretty close. And then two of my sisters just had babies this spring. It's pretty hard being away from them. And even though in college, I was six hours from home, it was still a like a day's drive if I wanted to go see him I could and so it's definitely a big transition and then trying to make friends I had people that I knew of in Texas but you know like in college I wasn't making rodeo connections I was making connections in the athletic world like track and the other athletes at college so I kind of had to come out of my comfort zone a little bit I'm pretty introverted so 
Britain's like, come on, Jelly, you gotta make some friends. Like, okay. And thankfully, quite a few of the girls have been super sweet. And, you know, this summer's helped a lot seeing them at the rodeos every now and then. And it's gotten a lot better. When Luke and I got married, I grew up in Arizona and he grew up in California. And so I did the same thing. Once we got married, I moved out there and we got married in November. So it was only like a month later. We like in January, we hit the road together and we're going to rodeo. I found that that was a double-edged sword because I was never forced to settle in and start making that my home, which made it then twice as hard once I did because I'm like, oh, now life looks nothing like what I was expecting it to look like. No, I feel that for sure. It's like you get situated where you're at, you get all your stuff in order, and then you leave. Yeah. And like all that stuff you put all your time into, you don't even see it for a little while. And then, you know, like you, you had to go back sooner than you thought. And then it's, okay, well, what do I do with this other time? Like this other spot I put my time into. And yeah, it's such a weird thing that I think everyone in our industry gets really used to. It's mm-hmm. normal for us. And then, you know, like you talk to other people and they're like, you do what for right. how many days? <laughs> and you live where? Yeah, it's such a foreign concept, which can be really hard when you're trying to make connections in a new place and not everybody understands what you're going through because it is so unique to our lifestyle. That, at least for me, and especially being in California, it made it really difficult for me to find new close friends because I didn't feel like I had a lot in common with them. Yeah, no, 100%. And then there's that whole aspect of you've left everything you know for this person and you're now living in Texas and then they leave, right? They're the person you're there for and now you're here alone in this new place trying to build a new life and make new friends, but you're doing it on your own, which is another thing you try to explain to people. And they're like, that makes no sense. Oh, yeah, I know. Trying to explain this lifestyle in college when my friends, they met Brenton and stuff. And I would be watching my phone during practice because he'd be about to rope somewhere. And we'd be about to start warming up. And I'm like, just wait a second. He's about to rope his hair. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And they'd come over and they're like, it's on TV. Like, yeah, they're like, well, why don't we see it? I'm like, we well, have to download an app. They're like, and where is he at? And they're like, does he live there? And I'm like, no, he doesn't live there. He drove 16 hours around one steer. Doesn't it make sense? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you guys now, if you're traveling with him, you guys are rodeoing together, how do you manage that like dual rodeo careers just logistically? Are you guys able to enter together? I don't know how the breakaway and the team roping works. So no, we are not able to buddy our runs together yet. I'm not sure if that's going to happen in the near future or ever, but I'm trying to stay optimistic. It's pretty tough right now. It's that's what I think there is a big misconception with, you know, breakaway ropers. I feel like quite a few of them are with other athletes in rodeo. And so when they leave for the summer, you know, people who don't know rodeo, they're like, oh, you're going to go get to rodeo with your husband. You're really not. If I was going any harder than I went this summer, I would have had to have my own rig out here and find one or two other girls to go with. And we would probably just see each other and wave at each other going opposite ways on the road. Yeah, you really do end up like ships passing in the night, right? Because unless the rodeo gods smile upon you and you happen to get up at the same time, it's really hard. Luke and I tried to rodeo together and that just really didn't work because we could have buddied together in the braille racing and the steer wrestling, but because, you know, steer wrestlers are all entering together, 
that was already his buddy group, which they had to because they all share horses. And so I I feel like maybe what you're describing is the same position I found myself in where there was a lot of times where, you know, his entering kind of had to take precedence. And then if I just didn't happen to get up at a time that worked for the schedule that we were currently on for him, I just didn't go or I'd have to turn out or not enter. And that got really hard after a while feeling like what you were doing was maybe not as important. I feel that for sure. And it's even though Brenton, and I'm sure Luke too, like they were, they're super encouraging. They're like, hey, you deserve to be out here. You've earned this, you know, just keep your head down. But at the same time, it's like, well, they've truly accomplished more. Yeah. Or Brenton's accomplished more than I have at this point, rodeo wise. You know, his runs should take precedence. And it's hard because I want to rodeo with him, but I know in order to, you know, make my roping a priority, I'm probably not going to get to rodeo with him. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like a double-edged sword and you got to make some tough decisions in order to make this lifestyle work for both of you. Yeah, you for sure do. Because then what you're talking about is having to take your own rig and that doesn't just mean more time apart, but it also means like two of everything financially. And it can be hard enough to make that work pursuing a rodeo career You've touched on it a couple of times already, but in what ways does Brenton support you? Is it just like encouragement or because he's been down this road, so maybe he knows the ropes a little bit. Is it just showing you those things, going with you or? Yeah, he's just naturally very supportive. He doesn't talk negative about my roping and or really anything that goes on. He might, maybe if I met, if I miss or something, he'll ask me what that feel like, but he's never going to be like, this is what you did wrong. And he should never do that again and really hound on me. So that's, you know, that's pretty, that's really good because in college, I feel like I got that kind of coaching. I got very positive coaching. And so I've learned to thrive off that. And he's obviously, he knows where all the rodeo grounds are at. He knows where the office is at. And he's so great because if I'm up, you know, in the top 10 of the purse or the slack or whatever, he'll go up and watch the start for me. And we've had some discrepancies about the start because I'm like, he'll tell me it's like a move. And I'll say, okay, so you're around? And he's no Sheila, like a step. I'm like, okay, let me just go watch the barrier because clearly we're on different pages. But no, it's been really good. And every time we're at home and I rope, he's always out there to help me, you know, run the shoot, push calves up, video my runs and practice. He's very invested in me and how, in my goals too. And that's yeah. just really nice. I think that's so important to find somebody that no matter what you want to do is equally reciprocative of that. Because I think in rodeo relationships, just by default, it can become really one-sided. So knowing that, you know, what you have to sacrifice, the time, all of that, that knowing that he's putting just as much time and energy into making sure you feel that so it is more equitable. And even sometimes I feel bad because I have a marketing job and so I'm on my computer a lot. It's fully remote. So he'll be out there roping and I'm on my computer inside and I'm like watching him through the window and then I go out there to rope and he's right by my side. And I was like, I didn't really help you, but you're here to help me. But no, it's great. And I think that's good for even, you know, the women that are with rodeo athletes that don't rodeo themselves just to have something else going and their husband supporting them in any way. It's just, it makes for a healthy relationship. 
Yeah, I think that can be number one, especially, and I think maybe even, I don't want to be off base here, but maybe even more so when you don't have, you're not rodeoing together. Because right. if one of you, like Luke and I, for the majority, when I stopped rodeoing and I was just at home, it can that like imbalance that I was just talking about where it becomes all about him and what I can do to support him through mm-hmm. it while he's gone, us finding a way that he was able to support me, both just like mentally being a shoulder for me, being a sounding board while he's away. Like when we found our stride with that, it made a relationship so much better because he did really prioritize like the things that I wanted to do and my own goals and was like, all right, how can I help you to do those from out here? So I think it's absolutely one of the most important things you can find in a relationship, whether it's you are living in rodeo or not. Yeah, it's so important. You know, leaving college and your college athletic career behind and moving into rodeo, what has been one of the hardest transitions for you just taking on like this new, I I know you said that it was your, like roping's always been your passion and the thing that you wanted to Mm -hmm. do and loved the most. Has there been any difficult just for you in moving into now like a rodeo career? Yeah. In college, I got very used to being on a schedule. You know, like we practice at this time. We lift at this time. This is your practice schedule. This is what we're doing in lift. And then they would cook me my meals too, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In reality, I was pretty spoiled. So when Brandon and I got married and we moved in together, I was so excited. I'm like, we're going to, you know, we're going to get to rope. And, you know, we're going to have our own house. We get to cook our own meals. And turns out, I don't necessarily enjoy cooking my own meal. But thank the Lord, Brenton loves to cook. I just bake sweets and he cooks. But the transition from a schedule to making my own schedule was pretty hard. I've always been a very good time manager. Like in high school, I started, there was a program that came through our high school where you could do all of our classes online. And if you had like a certain GPA or something, you could try it out. And I was like, hey, sign me up. So I did that in high school and I got pretty used to online classes. And then, you know, in college, I was pretty much all online. So I was managing my own time. And when we got married, it was still the same thing. And I thought I wanted to work out still. But creating my own workouts and then putting my own time towards the workouts I created just like didn't happen. I could not find the motivation in me. To make that happen. And it might happen this fall. But even like I brought weights on the road with us and our last trailer broke down. We've had a rough summer with vehicles and trailers. But so we're in this other trailer and Brenton had to switch all the stuff over. And I was like, well, did you grab the weights? He was like, Shayla, the weights haven't moved since May. So no, I did not grasp <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fair. Is the thought that count that you wanted to bring them along? Exactly. That's, that's what I thought. But it turns out he didn't think the thought count. Well, and I'm sure if you're talking about going from a really like strictly scheduled, your days are consistent, you know, like what your week, what your month's going to look like, everything is very scheduled and not just scheduled for you, but reliable. And then you're going from one extreme to the other because rodeo is the complete opposite of that. You can't, it's hard Mm -hmm. to schedule anything, much less find motivation and time when you're not being held accountable to a team or a coach. But there's- no reliable rodeo schedule. No, there's not. And it's also, this might be a bad excuse, but the laundry situation, I'm not going to get an outfit sweaty 
and then every single day waste an outfit on working out when we don't know where we're going to get to do our laundry again. I actually really love that excuse. That sounds to me very much like an excuse Luke would make. He's like, sorry, I couldn't work out this month because I'm not getting that many clothes sweaty if I can't do laundry. But it's kind of funny that you bring that up because there are all these like really specific kind of situations or nuances that if you're not rodeoing or have never lived this lifestyle, you just don't even think about doing laundry on the road. Or I know one of the things that I missed the most when I was rodeoing is like having a shower that you can leave the water running while you wash your hair. I'm like not having to turn it off every second. And when Luke's like, why do your legs look like a mountain man? I'm like, you try shaving in with that tiny little shower where you can't even leave the water running and you've got goosebumps exactly. the entire time. Exactly. The shower, bathroom, laundry situation is its own world. And I was just not prepared for it. I don't know that there's any real way to prepare for it. But Luke and I did the same kind of thing, you know, dating while we were not spending a lot of time together. And so we didn't until we got married. And then Mm -hmm. you're thrown in this very small quarters with someone and you really get to know them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't even help it. It just happens. Yeah. And if you're not in a tiny little trailer, then you're in an even smaller truck, just like constantly together. You really go from one extreme to the other, like hardly ever seeing each other, to now having no time apart from them. Was that adjustment ever hard for you? It wasn't hard in the fact that like, oh, we're spending too much time together. This is right. this very difficult. But just being around the same person every single day you know, starting from the day we got married, it was definitely different. Because then in college, like I said, I was pretty introverted. And if I didn't just absolutely love the people I was around, I just wouldn't be around them. Like my door in college to go down to my room was in the basement. It was right by the door to go out of our house. So I would go right in the house, right down to my room, like a lot. And I had great roommates, but I just like loved my alone time. And so, you know, when we got married, it was definitely different because... We were seeing each other all the time, but it's great. I love it. You know, that's what I always like wanted was for Britton and I to actually get to be together. That's like the whole time from the time we started dating in college till we got married. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until we can just be together and quit like having a relationship over the phone. Yeah. So do you guys have a similar mindsets or approach to competition or do you guys have different approaches that you've maybe are learning things like taking things from him and he's taking things from you or do you guys see like the competitive side of being an athlete similarly I would say we're pretty similar in that way like I was talking about earlier like we both really try to stay positive even like I was reading this book with winning in mind and it's been great for just the mindset of competing and winning and just having a winning mindset And in college, I never really, I tried almost like not to dabble in the mental aspect of sports because I was like, if I'm not doing good and I'm already struggling with the physical aspect, I'm not about to add the mental aspect. But when I got, you know, when I graduated and stuff, I just realized that a lot of, you know, competing is mental. If you've already, you have the muscle memory, you already put the time in physically. You know, it just comes down to 
you know, what are you thinking mentally when you back in the box? So we really try to do that together and work on our mental game together. And, you know, with that comes just like being positive and all that stuff. But like if, it, if something didn't go good, I don't know, he misses a steer or something. And I'm like, hey, it's okay. Like you scored good and you took a good shot. Your horse worked great. And he was like, I did nothing good. You know, my horse was terrible. And if that was like how it was every single time, I feel like one of us would burn out on the other one acting yeah. that way. You know, I feel like for this the competitive side of it, you have to have a lot of similarities, especially with reacting to when things don't go good. Yeah. I think it's that, you know, you hear a lot like you become like the person that you spend the most time with. And, yeah. you know, there's always like this kind of warning to like be careful about who you're surrounding yourself with just in life. And I think that's important in rodeo because when rodeo is so mentally challenging as a sport that if you're with somebody who's constantly like kind of a downer or getting really upset about a bad run because that stuff happens all the time it's going to even if you're winning a lot that still yeah is a huge part of it so i think if you were around somebody who was always like debbie downer about stuff or couldn't break out of that funk not only is it difficult to be around but also starts to suck you into that mentality yeah it definitely does. Whereas if you're both really positive, then like that positivity just breeds more positivity. Yeah, it definitely does. Being even like I realized just like this is a really small example. When, you know, Brett and I were long distance, I was like, oh, we have a lot of things like. And then we got married and lived together. And I realized that he's very, like very easygoing. I feel like I'm pretty easygoing, but he's even more easygoing than me. Which is, he doesn't really like, he'll get everywhere almost on time, but he's like such a slow mover sometimes. And I am like very tensed up about being late. But I mean, after being married almost a year, now I'm not so tensed up about being late. And I'm like, when did this happen? But it's like, I just transitioned into this, which probably isn't good. I need to develop that again because we can't both be running late. What do you think is the most challenging part about trying to support him in rodeo i think just when it's hard for me to see him set goals at the beginning of the year and then have such a tough time accomplishing them and it's not really anything of his fault and you know for the most part the first two years that we were together he made the finals but it was still like he had higher goals for himself and they just didn't really get accomplished. And it's hard for me to sit there and say over and over again, you know, hey, it's okay. You're going to get them next time. We just got to draw better, got to execute better. Because I know, you know, like in college when I was running track really competitively and like my sophomore year, I jumped really far in the fall, the very first track meet. And then the next spring, it just went really downhill. I should have made indoor national and I didn't. And then, and it was just a really rough season. And my coach was always like, hey, it's okay. You're on the brink of it. You're about there. You just got to keep your nose down. And it's after so many times of that, it really, it gets almost like frustrating hearing it because you're like, I know that I'm on the brink of it, but like, where is it at? Yeah. So I think that is really difficult. I don't like seeing him struggle. It makes me sad when he's sad. And so that's, it's just really tough, but I feel like it's also, you know, I can't imagine our lives being any different competitive wise 
I've been in a competitive scene my entire life and he has to, you know, rodeo is just super competitive. And even, you know, when you get out of rodeo, jobs are competitive, positions are competitive. There's just so many things. I wouldn't not want to have that. You know, I think it's a good aspect to keep the competitive edge, but it does make it difficult. Just like everyday life, there's always like something to strive for and, you know, you might lose or whatever. It's like every day there's something. So I don't know. It is, it's pretty, it's difficult trying to help him navigate the losses. Yeah. That, it never feels like there's the right thing to say. Cause like you said, you, it does make you sad when they're struggling and you want to help them through it, but you know that it's only so much you can do. All you can offer is words in that moment mm-hmm. and you can't change the outcome of what's happening in the arena. And that can be so difficult. At the time that you and I are talking, we're in the last month of rodeo. And that's always that kind of like last final push. It's been a long year and, you know, for everybody rodeoing and you know, like the end is in sight here and you get to the end of September and you've either made the finals or you haven't. Describe what this month, this last month of rodeo is like for you guys. It's stressful. Let's, that's just like the baseline, really. It's just, it's stressful. Whether you're in with the finals, you're completely out, or you're on, you know, just riding the line of being in or out. <laughs> yeah. It's just pretty stressful. On horses, you know, your horses have been on the road all summer. You don't really know how they're doing. They've been hauled so much, and you're just hoping they can stick it out for the last three weeks. And, you know, people thinking that they have the right to say certain things at this point, I find it very frustrating. I think on the outside, I don't know if, you know, my husband finds it quite as frustrating as I do, but hearing people go up to him and say certain things like, oh, you know, you've got the finals made or just even things about not having the finals made or whatever it might be. It's just, I really wish people would put themselves in the competitor's shoes and just be like, you know, with all this pressure that I, were, I would already have on myself, the last thing I would probably need is an outsider asking if they can get tickets to the NFR from me. That's probably the last thing I would want to hear. And that's, I feel like that's just like common sense. Like you don't talk about something until it's done. You don't count your eggs before they're hatched. And so it's just a tough deal to hear from the outside looking in. And, you know, I can understand that too, because when I made indoor nationals my senior year, I was, I think, 10th, and there's a few meets left. And so, like, there was, like, a small probability that I would get moved because they take the top 16, but there was, like, a possibility. There could have been six girls on the outside get really good. And so, I would just, I hated when people would come up to me and they're like, so where's Nationals at? When are you going to leave for it? I was like, I'm not even worried about that until I see the final list that I'm in. I'm not making plans. I'm not, you know, I just... I'm so against that. So it's really tough to hear that from the outside. Yeah. There'd be times I know, and maybe not always at the end of the year, but I know when Luke was, you know, rodeoing, there'd be times where I'd be with him and people would walk up and make those kind of offhanded comments that I'm sure they don't even understand how it sounds to these guys, but say things like, you better start winning. There's nobody that's putting more pressure on these guys than themselves. For Britain this year, it's been pretty rough on him. He's rode, I think he might be on his 12th different horse. Oh my God. He's rode this year. He's had such heck with horses. And so it's really hard when people make those comments to him even. I'm like, have you guys even noticed he hasn't hardly rode the same horse at one rodeo? 
in a row. And he's still, you know, managing to win on these horses that he just jumps on. And so it's really hard for me to watch that, too, because it's, oh, they've paid attention enough to realize, you know, what's going on money-wise, but they haven't paid attention to what's making the money get won. Yeah. Something I've never thought of, too, is he's a team roper, so it's not just based on his performance either. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of factors that go into it that, you know, from the inside, I feel like as the wife of the situation, you know, you see all these different things happening and you take all that into account. And on the outside, they only see a few different things that they take into account. And then they, you know, draw their conclusions off that. And it's just not accurate. And then it can kind of affect them mentally. I think that's what, that's what I try to help Breton with the most. I'm like, hey, just don't listen to it. You know, you just keep your own world pretty small and just keep your head down. I don't know. You do. I think you have to put blinders on a little bit and not pay attention mm-hmm. to because it plays into that mental aspect that we talk so much about in rodeo is that there's so much noise outside, yeah. not to mention the thousand other variables that go into your, you know, five second run already that it can get really hard and, you know, gets in your head and these little ideas can breed and start taking over. And it's so hard to get back out of that cycle. It is. It's really hard. Are there ways that you try to help him through those situations or that you try to like actively counteract in the way that you support him as far as like that, if he's feeling that pressure from outside people, what are you doing to be the opposite of that? You know, I think I just really try to not bring stuff up that's not necessary. If I hear someone saying something that I probably don't agree with and he's having to listen to it, you know, it's not like he can be like, put his hand up and turn the other way. I just don't react. I try not to make it a big deal. It's terrible. But growing up with horses, when I was helping my dad train horses and he was teaching me how to get through issues with horses, he would always say, if you don't make it a big deal, they won't make it a big deal. I just use that through life. If I don't act like what that person said was a big deal, then, you know, maybe Brenton won't think too much of it and it'll just go one ear and out the other. That's probably the most reasonable way that I try to go about things like that. Yeah, I think that's actually really good advice for sure. Do you guys talk about your goals for the year and how do you balance setting those goals with not putting extra pressure on one another? We do talk about our goals, which that was another thing that I guess I just wasn't prepared for in marriage. Like you really are a team and you have to make strategies to get your goals accomplished. And it's not just like a one man show anymore. Before the year even started, we actually both wrote down our goals and we went over them with each other. And then, you know, we made goals big enough to where if we didn't accomplish them, we have something else to strive for. But if we did, it was like a huge accomplishment. You know, like even me being in the top 30, that was like a huge goal for me. And I figured if I did accomplish it, I would just write another goal, you know, to mark off in case I accomplished that one too. But if I didn't, then I have another thing to strive for next year and I can just reevaluate. Yeah, we do go over our our goals with each other. And I think for both of us, when we set our goals and they don't get accomplished, we just, you know, talk talk ourselves through it. And, you know, even at Cheyenne, I came back in the short round on Sunday and instead of him being you know, like super aggressive. Hey, you got to go get this. You got to take it from them. They're not handing it out, like stuff like that. He was, you know, instead of like that mentality, 
he was like, hey, you deserve to be here. You made it to this day because you roped good and just go have fun. Like you're supposed to be here. Just accept it and go do what you know you need to do. And that is so encouraging to me because it doesn't make me think I have to do any more than what I was doing. Yeah. It just, you know, I have what it takes and I just got to do what I've been doing the last three runs. Right. It sounds like he really understands what you need from him in order to mm-hmm. like in those moments, which I think because we all communicate differently and different styles work for different people. If you can celebrate the wins or the milestones or the goals that you're accomplishing, if even no matter how little they are, like celebrate all the wins, big or small, mm-hmm. and learn from the losses. I think that keeps everybody on an even keel too. You don't get too high. You don't get too low. Because truly, I think in order to really succeed in this lifestyle, in this industry, you can't ride the highs as high as they go and you can't, you know, fall to the lows because it'll eat you up pretty bad. It really will. And I think that's such a great mindset for you to have going into it because the highs are so high and the lows are so low that if you do, you get whiplash. You're all over the place. You go from one day being so high, biggest win to the next day, just feeling, oh man, I can't do anything right. And I think that just becomes like really draining. It's very hard to make it an entire year if you are swinging from one end to the other. Right, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's even harder because it's not one day you win, one day you lose. It's one day you win for two weeks, you lose. And then one day you (laughs) win and then like, it's like way more losses than wins. Yeah. So It's just a, yeah, it's a terrible ride to be on if you don't have your mental game right. Yeah. And if you don't have somebody like supporting you through it, for sure. Oh, yeah. The support who you have in your circle is so important out here. I haven't even gone, you know, I haven't rodeoed super hard at all. I've only been to, I think, 40 rodeos now. And I didn't even realize that who I have surrounding me, even at just the 40 rodeos I've gone to, has made a huge difference in, you know, my reaction and whether things go good or bad. It's just, it's a big deal. Yeah. That's one of the things, like, when I listen to Luke talk about his career that he would always mention is it was always, starting out a new year, it was always a priority to me what guys I was going to rodeo with, who I was going to travel with, who I was going to enter with, because that plays such a role in your success. But just who you're with day in and day out is so important. I agree. Yeah, the rodeo, it's just, the rodeo lifestyle is hard too. It's not, I don't know. Some of the mindsets of people, you know, out here on the road, they're just so different. And so it's really good when, you know, your husband or you find the people that are, that they really like to be around. Because I feel like it's hard. It's hard to find people that you just really love to be around day in and day out. You have to see them like eight months out of the year. It's very true. Are you finding that some of the mentalities that made you successful in college, you're able to take into rodeo now, bring that to the table there? Oh, yeah. I even I was just thinking about the other day, like when we would practice in college, I wasn't always super vocal in high school because we went to a small school and there weren't just a ton of really good athletes and so our encouragement during practice wasn't great and when I got to college we would always say let's go Sadie or let's go Omni those are my two friends from college we would always like cheer each other on every single time we did like a repetition in practice and I never used to do that in rodeo but since I've gone out here on the road I realized that a lot of the girls 
like when you ride in the box, they like they're saying like let's go Shayla, like they really pump you up, and I love that because it like reminds me of college and it reminds me of just that like competitive aspect. The encouragement really it really does make a difference when there's people like vocally encouraging you. I'm so happy to hear that you're finding that same kind of encouragement in a new community. So we talked a little bit about how you went into this year with some goals to just get yourself in a position to qualify for some of the bigger rodeos next year. So that I'm assuming to go a little harder. What do you think next year looks like for you? I think I'm going to find a girl to travel with. And so I can go a little bit harder. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll be in those indoor, the big indoor rodeos. And then I'll set myself up a little bit to, you know, have a chance to make the finals in the breakaway. And, you know, in order to do that, I am going to have to travel with somebody else so I can have my own schedule. And hopefully we can coordinate with Brighton once in a while. But yeah, I'm excited about it, though. I feel like, you know, we only get this time in our lives once. We're only this age once. And if we have the fire to do it, you know, we need to do it and take advantage of that. Because I feel like this fire to be out on the road away from home isn't just going to last a long time. Eventually, we're going to want to stay home and slow down and, you know, live a normal lifestyle. So, you know, while we have it, I feel like we should take advantage of it. I am so glad that you have that perspective because I think when I was in my early 20s, I didn't have that foresight. There was this part of me that's like, it's going to last forever. And I didn't think about it. And I don't know that it matters how many years I lived it, which was a lot, but it still ends too soon. Like it stops eventually someday and you really are going to miss it. So you being able to, while you're in it, have that outlook on it. I think it's really special. And I'm so glad that you have that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I felt in college, I didn't really have that outlook to my senior year, truly. Like the beginning of my senior year, stuff started going good. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is about over. Like I need to just cherish every moment. I need to come to practice with a good attitude every single day and put 100% in so I can truly look back and not regret anything. I just, my worst fear was that I was going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't give it 100% and I could have done better and now I'll never know what would have happened if I would have. And that was just like my mentality in college. And it still happened, like it still was over too soon. When I graduated, I I cried like a little baby when I left college. Even though like I was so ready for that chapter to be over, it was still, it was just like, you know, the chapter was ending. And it was pretty sad, but it was also like the beginning to a new chapter. And then same when Brenton and I got married, I left my parents, which I'd been gone from college. And so I'd been pretty much moved out, but I still had quite a bit of my stuff at home. That's where I would base out of on the weekends. I would go back to my parents' house. You know, that was like the end of an era too, like moving out of my parents. And that was sad, but it was like, you know, I was ready for it. Although, you know, it was the end of a chapter. I cried like a baby then too, but... (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know. I think getting older and just mentally maturing really helps to be able to see into the future and be like, okay, you know, this is, we're 20 years old. We're never going to be, or 24 or whatever, but we're never going to be this old again. And we're not going to have these athletic abilities ever again. They're going to change. And so we got to take advantage of them while we can. And we don't want to be 50 and looking back and regretting the things that we didn't do or the time we didn't put in. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Okay. 
Well, before I let you go, so we're doing a newer thing now where previous guests of the podcast have left questions for future guests. So I'm going to ask you one of their questions. This one is, what is your favorite non-rodeo hobby or thing to do, which we know is not running or lifting weight? Right. That's a known (laughs) fact. Oh, my gosh. We played badminton in California this spring, and I loved it. Like, I would smash it in Brenton's face, and he would do the same thing to mine, but it was so fun. That literally was the last thing I would have guessed you'd say. If you're like, what do you think she's going to say? I'd have guessed a whole bunch of things. Badminton would never even have been on my radar. (laughs) And also, by the way, badminton is super fun. No, that's the best answer. Badminton is super fun. And I'll have you know that freshman year of high school, I was the girls badminton like PE champ. I won me and my part. It was partners badminton. We won the tournament. And that to this day might be my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. Go Lindsay. Oh, that's great. Now, before I let you leave last order of business, I always ask people their favorite rodeo moment or memory. It can be yours or one watching Brenton or one of each. Mine so far was placing third at Cheyenne this year. It was like so special because Brenton was actually there, which it's crazy that he was even able to be there. He was supposed to be somewhere else. And sadly, but not too sadly, he didn't do good. So he wasn't able to be there. (laughs) But he was able to be with me on Sunday and uh, be there with me in the box. And then it went well, which obviously really helped. But it was awesome. That was my favorite so far. And then for him... Just because this is the first one that come to mind, Salt Lake, when he won Salt Lake this year, it was a pretty tragic morning. The morning before the Salt Lake short go, Peyton, his partner, his brother, the driver, and Peyton's girlfriend all got in an accident. And the trailer rolled and ended up killing two of Wyatt's head horses, Peyton's brothers, which was rough on Brenton, too, because those were a couple of the horses that Brenton had been riding. And we had to go help him out of the accident. They had to cut the horses out of the top of the trailer. It was just like a very dramatic, emotional morning. And then they roped that night at Salt Lake and won it. And yeah, it was super emotional and stuff. But that was probably one of my favorite, you know, things that have happened because it was... I don't know. It was like the end to a really bad day, but also we were just like so thankful that we were even there to be able to watch them to compete. And then for them to compete and do good was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you better. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad that I was on. Well, that was fun. Now, if you're anything like me and just can't get enough of these behind the scenes stories from our inspiring guests, then my website is the perfect place to dig even deeper into the world of rodeo. Visit the link in the show notes for even more companion pass content.